Welcome to the Healthy Hormones for Women podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Gladish, online nutritionist, weight loss coach, and hormone fixer-upper. I'm excited to bring you a weekly dose of information and inspiration, sharing with you simple and effective strategies from health, wealth, and all things personal growth. Get ready to become the master of your hormones and experience vibrant health to live a life of more power and possibility. Hello, everybody. I am officially back from Italy. I'm actually recording this podcast as my first podcast back from Italy. All the other episodes were recorded, pre-recorded before I left for my trip because I wanted to be in Italy and be fully present and not open my laptop and not do any work. And so here I am. I'm back podcast recording, lots of great stuff coming up. Hope you guys have been incredible. And thanks so much for following my Italy journey over on Instagram and all the deliciousness of not just food, but the experiences that we had. It was such an epic trip and I cannot wait to go back. I think there really is a thing as post-Italy depression because we are totally experiencing it right now. And you know you're in post-Italy depression when you go out and you buy an espresso maker. Yep, that is what we did. We went out and bought an espresso maker and we've been making organic espresso and lattes and cappuccinos at home. And I've been becoming quite the barista, foaming up some coconut milk and making epic cappuccinos. So it's nice to be back, but boy, was it an incredible, incredible journey and trip and just love it. I just love Italy and I literally cannot wait to go back there. So we were saying how next year we're going to go to Greece, maybe Croatia as well. And then the following year go to Italy. So who knows? We've got lots of stuff coming up in the works. I mean, we got a wedding to plan, which I have no idea when that's going to happen. And we also want to buy a house and move out of our condo. So there are quite a few amazing goals and priorities that we've got on our plate, and I'm excited for all of it. There's so much amazingness that's coming up in our life and with Gaten and I. So yeah, so I'll be sharing our wedding journey for sure as we go through all of that wedding planning. I really don't think that would be happening for probably another two or three years. We were joking about saying how we would get married in Italy because there's obviously the most epic churches. And then we, Gaten's sister was with us and her boyfriend. So we're like, it's perfect. We have our witnesses here. We can get married and it'll be just easy and and kind of get it over with, not have to go through the planning phase. So one of the questions I got asked from a lot of women in my community was about the food that I was eating and how I felt, especially obviously having autoimmune and if I gained any weight, which is really funny. And so no, I did not gain any weight. And I felt completely fine eating all of the things in Italy. You probably saw me sharing all kinds of stuff over on Instagram. And I literally ate everything. I ate whatever I wanted. And the truth is that, of course, I don't just want to eat gelato all day long and pizza. I did have gelato. We did eat pizza. I did have pasta. Like I ate all of those things. But the quality of the food in Italy is just so amazing. And so... 
they have some really high standards when it comes to their food. And so I ate tons of veggies and, you know, grilled veggies and grilled fish and different grilled meats. And there was just obviously lots of delicious quality olive oil. And so lots of really great healthy fats. And then of course, tiramisu and gelato and all of that as well. But it was a really healthy balance. And I think that when you are in somewhere like Italy, you have such an abundance of beautiful, local, healthy food around you. If you choose to look, I think it can really be easy to just want to go into like every single bakery or every gelato shop or pizza shop and just eat that. But there is just such an abundance of food around you. So yeah, we ate really, really well. And I never once felt gross. Like, of course, we were eating everything. So we were eating grains and gluten and dairy. I think if there's one thing that I probably had a lot of, it was dairy because there was cheeses and different salads. Or if I was having a dessert, it's typically like cream or something in there. And then if I was having cappuccinos, there was quite a few places and different cafes that we found that had almond milk or coconut milk, which is pretty awesome. But there was also a lot that didn't. And so I would have you know just the regular milk. So if there was anything that I feel like I had a lot of, it was probably the dairy, the cheese. Oh my God, that was so good. But they have a lot of sheep feta and goat cheese, which I find that I'm not as highly reactive to as opposed to just eating cow's dairy. Because I did notice the first few days I was drinking cappuccinos and I was just having regular milk, I was feeling quite bloated. And so I switched over to just drinking espressos and I was totally fine unless we found a cafe that had almond milk or coconut milk or something. So yeah, so it was an amazing trip. I'm definitely going to share blogs about our experience in Rome and in Venice and in Sorrento and Capri and all kinds of things because there was lots of amazing restaurants we found and lots of amazing things that we did. And so I've been getting lots of questions on that. So I'll be sharing a few blog posts highlighting all of that so I can hopefully help somebody who's listening to this podcast plan their Italy trip and be happy to share our experience and where we stayed and ate and all that good stuff. So that's coming up. But today we are diving into hair loss and it is something that I am asked about all of the time. And especially with many of the women that I work with in my practice who have a lot of thyroid issues and hormonal imbalances, this can lead to hair loss. And it is often a hormonal symptom. And I know that it's not really like a dangerous symptom, but it's really disheartening when we have this gorgeous lush hair and then it is starting to fall out and it really does suck. And I can definitely say that many years ago when I went on the birth control pill, I noticed that my hair was starting to thin. It thinned a lot during that time when I was on the pill. And then obviously got off of the pill about, I think I was on it for about seven-ish years. And I was eating really well and taking all my supplements and all of that. So I feel like I got my sort of that thickness back, but not ever fully. And then it kind of went through this period of kind of thinning and then not thinning and kind of thinning. And that's obviously because I have autoimmune, which I didn't know years ago that I had autoimmune, but I did have it. I just wasn't diagnosed with it. But I definitely now can understand the cycle of the health of my hair and how that has attributed to hormonal imbalances and autoimmune and Hashimoto's and whatnot. And so since supporting my thyroid and really optimizing my thyroid and 
gut health and all of that, my hair has been really, really healthy. I think if there's any one thing is that I probably don't brush my hair enough. And so when I do go to brush it, it looks like all this hair is falling out, but it's just that it's really tangled because I haven't brushed it. And so I just have to be more on top of brushing my hair, which is really important. I'm going to share lots of tips, but another tip to kind of add on to today is to definitely brush your hair regularly. I've been sleeping with my hair in a braid regularly for the past, I'd say like five to six months now. I've been making it a point to just braid my hair, sleep with my hair in a braid. And mainly because one, having your hair in a braid does help with any tangles, which is great. And then also just my hair has been getting quite long. And so I just kind of want to keep it out of the way. And I've just been putting it in a braid. So I've noticed that that's been really helpful, especially just from from a tangling standpoint, because I actually do have very curly hair. I naturally have very curly hair, but I do straighten my hair or I will just leave it curly and it'll just be like this big mess if I don't really tame it like it is actually right now. <laughs> and plus I just finished a workout and had it up in a bun and all of this. So it just kind of looks like this big frizzy fro right now. So it's a good thing this isn't on video. But my hair health has improved over the years as I have supported my thyroid and my hormones. And we're going to dive into all of that today and what you should look out for with certain products and how you can make simple, natural, organic products at home in your own kitchen that's going to support your scalp and hair growth and things to keep in mind when it comes to wanting to reverse hair loss, and just some important areas that you want to look at from a dietary perspective as well as from a hormonal perspective. So with that said, one of the number one areas you want to look into if you are experiencing a lot of hair loss is your lab work. So specifically with your thyroid, women who have a lot of thyroid issues or autoimmune issues, whether that's Graves or Hashimoto's, you really want to get a full thyroid panel. And this is going to be essential because your thyroid really does support hair health. And whether you have low or high function, either way, it can cause hair loss. And so getting a full thyroid panel is really, really key. You want to make sure your levels are optimal, not just within range, which oftentimes your medical doctor may not explain this to you. And most often, something I know we've talked about many times on this podcast is that most often doctors aren't even going to run these full panels for you, which is why it's so important that you find somebody that can. And so you really want to make sure your levels are optimal, that you're not just normal and within these reference ranges, because it's important to understand those ranges and to have somebody really look at your labs and be able to explain it to you because you can have thyroid dysfunction and symptoms, including thyroid hair loss, even if your TSH and your T4 are normal, which is oftentimes what doctors are testing. They test your TSH and sometimes they'll test your T4. So you can still have thyroid dysfunction and symptoms, including hair loss, even if your TSH and your T4 are normal. So the first step is to optimize your levels and to make sure you get a full panel. So a full panel is to test your TSH, your free T4, your free T3, your reverse T3, and then also your thyroid antibodies, your anti-TPO and your anti-TG. So these are all things that we dive into in our Healing and Dealing with Hashimoto's program. 
which is launching next week. So for those of you who are listening and really want to dive deeper into thyroid health and Hashimoto's and really supporting your autoimmune, then definitely come join us in that four-week program. So you can sign up for our wait list at healinghashimoto's.com and we will share all the links there. Once you sign up, you will receive all the information for our upcoming webinar that we're hosting next week and you'll get our free recipe book. But we've created this program, Marnie and I, because who I interviewed last week, I hope you guys tuned into that. And we really created this program because we wanted to help support women in understanding these things because it can really be confusing and we don't want you to go at it alone. And that's why Marnie and I have each other. And then we wanted to create this support system in group to help support other women. And so we dive into all things thyroid testing and labs and optimizing it in our four-week program. So if you guys want to dive deeper into that, come join us there, healinghashies.com. Get on our wait list and you'll also receive info for the upcoming free webinar that we are hosting next week, talking all things Hashimoto's and thyroid health. All right. So first step for supporting hair growth, reversing hair loss is that one, you want to look into your thyroid and you really want to optimize your thyroid labs. And then with that said, you want to make sure you're on the right type and dose of supplement thyroid hormone. So I know many women are on Synthroid and that is really just a T4 only hormone and many women have issues converting T4 to T3. And so if that's the case, you don't want more T4, you actually need T3. So whether that's going on something that has a combination of T4 and T3 or by just using T3. So again, it's it's important to work with somebody that can help you understand this and what might be the best supplemental thyroid hormone for you. But I know for myself, I'm on desiccated thyroid and I played around with different dosaging and what works for me and whatnot. And natural desiccated thyroid has been part of my thyroid healing journey. And so what that looks like for me will obviously look very different for somebody else. And again, is why it's important to really work with someone who can help you look at your labs and then suggest what might be the best sort of plan of action for you. So there's lots of different options out there. There's Armour, Nature Throid, Natural Desiccated Thyroid, as well as Cytomel. So lots of different options out there. And then, you know, with all of that said, sometimes you might react to some of these. You might have to go through a bunch of different supplement thyroid hormones before you find one that works for you. It might actually mean that Synthroid ends up being the one that actually does work for you really well. But I do think that you owe it to your health and you owe it to your body and yourself to try some of these other options before going on Synthroid. All right, so... Outside of thyroid and labs and thyroid medication or supplementation, obviously we want to be optimizing our diet. So this is really, really important when it comes to supporting our hair and our diet is just going to, it not just supports hair growth, but obviously it supports our whole body from head to toe, right? So we want to make sure that we are ditching toxic and inflammatory foods and adding in plenty of nutrients that's needed for essential thyroid function, but also for essential hormone function. So your diet is something that we've talked about so many times on this podcast, and you want to make sure that you are including a lot of healthy fats 
So things like olive oil, coconut oil, ghee, grass-fed butter, avocado, chia seeds, wild-caught cold water fish. These are all things that really will help support the softness and the sheen of your hair and really keep your hair shiny. And all of these healthy fats, not all of them, but many of them contain a lot of healthy omega-3s. And that's going to help really moisturize and lubricate your hair and your skin from the inside out. So that's really, really essential. You also want to make sure that you're eating enough protein hair is made of protein. So if your diet is deficient in the full spectrum of amino acids that comprise complete proteins, then your hair will become brittle, dull, and weak. So your protein is really, really important. It helps with cell renewal, repair, and growth, and it strengthens your hair. So your wild-caught cold water fish, eggs, pasture-raised meats, you know, grass-fed, organic, chicken, turkey. And then if you are more on the vegetarian side, just making sure that you're getting in enough protein. And also maybe if you're eating beans and legumes, just making sure you're getting sufficient protein from that. And then also loading up on zinc. This is a really important mineral for hair growth. And you can find zinc in spinach and oysters and pumpkin seeds. And it will also, as a bonus, not just give you beautiful hair, but also help with gorgeous skin and strong nails too, which is a nice bonus. Zinc is really one of my favorite nutrients, especially for women's hormones and PMS. It's really great for estrogen metabolism as well. So I absolutely love zinc. You can also supplement with it as well. And my favorite supplement is from AOR. It is the zinc copper balance. I think it's important to have zinc and copper in a healthy balance. And then also getting in your iron. So pasture-raised, grass-fed meats are going to help you with your iron. Also leafy greens. But this mineral is also really important for hair growth and strength. So when it comes to your hair, it's not just about the products that we put on top, but it really is about what we are doing internally to support our hair. So speaking of external and products, I think it's really important that we really dive into this topic and you have a better idea of some of the ingredients to really be aware of and what you should really look for. So for example, sulfates, this is a really big one. You want to be aware of different chemical ingredients because they're loaded in many shampoos, conditioners, and hair products in general. And so I want to share basically like four commonly used ones. And so sulfates being one of them, which is basically they're in 90% of foaming and lathering products as well as in like skin and hair products as fillers. So sulfates are frequently described on labels as comes from, or it might say something like derived from. And so just something to pay attention to. It can really be a skin irritant, a hormone and endocrine disruptor and it's also been a suspected carcinogen, cancer causer. So really be careful for sulfates. Any chemical capable of mutating our genes basically deserves our attention. And sulfates are among the most commonly used because they're inexpensive and they are very effective at cutting through oil. So on labels, you want to look for SLES, sodium lauryl sulfate, ammonium lauryl sulfate, ALES, sodium lauryl sulfate, SLS, and ammonium lauryl sulfate, ALS. So something to be conscious of 
check for sulfates on your products. And typically they are one of the more common ingredients. Another one is parabens. It's a common preservative and one of the primary chemicals responsible for disrupting the endocrine system and causing a lot of hormonal imbalances. So parabens are often listed on the bottle with prefixes. So it might say something like ethyl paraben or methyl or propylene or isobutyl, like there's a whole bunch of them. So something to pay attention to when you're picking up your products, look for sulfates, look for parabens, really just start to become an informed shopper. And that's going to help you not just with your hair products, but about so many different products that you purchase. And then also look for water and water-based infusions, which are sometimes called distillates or aqueous extracts. And these are typically fillers as well. And they're basically very inexpensive and used to fill up your bottle. So water-based solutions, unfortunately, they can be very vulnerable to spoilage. And so then that's why you have to add a preservative like parabens or sodium benzoate to the product. So don't expect the water quality to be high either. If they're distilling the products down and they're using water, there's a good chance they're not using some like spring-fed water. They're probably using a really, you know, maybe like tap water or something like that. They're not using filtered water. So then that means your products might also contain something like chlorine and fluoride along with, you know, a multitude of other toxins. I know it can get really scary hearing all of this, but it really is important that we understand it because there is so much misinformation and so many companies that are just labeling their products natural and organic, and it's really not the case. So we really have to become informed. And then one of the other things on the list here is phenylendiamine. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it right. And it's an ingredient that is commonly found in hair dyes. So if you are using a lot of hair dyes, really be careful with this one. You will actually find it in some natural henna dyes as well. So be careful for that. And you'll find it in colored shampoos and like hair bleach. So there is evidence that this ingredient is a neurotoxin and can cause skin rashes and even eczema. So really be conscious of this ingredient and check for it on hair dyes, colored shampoos, and different hair bleaches. I remember as a kid, I, well, as a young girl, like I spent so much time in the drugstore. I don't know about you, but I just loved going over to the drugstore. And I mean, when I was in my teens and like early twenties, there was one, you know, there was like a shopper's drug mart that wasn't too far from me. So I would walk over there and I could just literally spend my entire evening in there, just looking at different products and wanting to get my hands on like the latest and greatest shampoo or conditioner or beauty care product or makeup, whatever it was. And I just spent so much money on all of that junk. And, you know, I had very curly hair. I have very curly hair. And especially when I was younger, I mean, I hated my curls. I think that If you have curly hair, you want straight hair. If you have straight hair, you want curly hair. And when I was younger, like I really hated my curly hair. And so I would buy whatever it was so that I could, you know, flatten and straighten my hair and buy all these different types of like 
defrizzing shampoos or oils or whatever it was thinking it was going to help. But really, it was my technique in the bathroom when it came to blow drying. I wasn't that great at it. But obviously now over the years, I am much better at really managing and taking care of my hair. And so I can only imagine the amount of money that I spent as a teenager on all of these products. And then on top of that, dyeing and coloring my hair. I never actually really dyed my hair. There was one time where I dyed my hair. I used to be more sort of like dirty blonde and I wanted to be brunette and I dyed my hair. That was one time that was in my early twenties. But outside of that, I colored my hair a lot. Like I would get streaks and stuff. And I mean, I was doing this like every six months, eight months, whatever it was for quite a few years. And so I think back to all the damage that I did and I'm sure many of us did. And, you know, we just didn't know at the time. And when you know better, you do better. And then on top of that too, buying like hair straighteners and all kinds of things because, you know, I wanted to tame my crazy curls. In fact, a funny story, I remember when I was in grade seven, so I hated my hair so much that I would make my mom blow dry my hair and straighten my hair all the time because I couldn't do it. Like I just didn't have the technique to really do that. So I would wait for the specific nights when my mom would be home And I would literally like time when I would wash my hair to my mom's schedule so that she would be home and blow dry my hair. And oh my God, I can't believe I did that. And then on top of it, I wanted to have the Rachel hair. So the Jennifer Aniston look, if you ever watched Friends, so Rachel on Friends, Jennifer Aniston, she like started this crazy hair craze with getting these like layers and When you have crazy, curly, frizzy hair, you don't cut your hair short and get layers. That's like the worst thing you can do. But of course, if my mom was blow drying my hair, then it was fine, right? So I go to the hair salon. I pull out this picture of Jennifer Aniston wanting the Jennifer Aniston haircut. And it was probably like the worst thing I could do because it was so... It was so hard to manage. And then like the second a little drop of water would even touch my hair, like my hair would just go crazy curly. So, and there was this girl in our school, I will never forget. I was in grade seven, she was in grade eight and literally would come to school with the most beautiful hair. Like every day I was just admiring her hair all the time. And sure enough, it wasn't until like a year later that I actually realized, oh, her mom's a hairdresser and that's why her hair looks like that. So (laughs) anyhow, I am so glad that I have now stopped blow drying my hair as frequently as I used to and even washing my hair as frequently as I used to. I wash my hair maybe once, maybe twice a week. Yeah, one to two times a week. And I don't put any product or anything in it. The only thing I use is different oils, which I'm going to talk about in a second. I'll use some jojoba oil or maybe some argan oil and I'll kind of run that through my hair after I blow dry it just to help with any type of like flyaways or anything. But I used to have very, very, very oily hair. And if you wash your hair a lot, you are stripping the natural oils from your hair and your scalp, leaving your hair very, very dry. But then what happens is you get this like waxy buildup, which then leads to more oil in your hair. So, and it guaranteed will lead to a bad hair day. So I had really oily hair. And so how to combat that was I would wash it more frequently, but 
I went through the no poo method. If you're familiar with that, the no shampoo method, and I will share the method of how you do that shortly. But basically you're not using shampoo, you're using apple cider vinegar. And you kind of have to go through the hump of kind of having bad hair, not having the nicest hair for a few weeks. But once you get over the hump, you can then cut back on how often you wash your hair. And so that's what I did a few years ago. I I say about like three or four years ago now, I did the no poo method. I stopped using shampoo and I would only use apple cider vinegar mixed with some water. And I would wash my hair with that. And then it was about three weeks, like my hair was still pretty oily, but by that fourth week, my hair was amazing. And then that's what led me to only washing my hair now once or twice a week. So you kind of have to go through the ugly phase first, but I definitely suggest giving it a try, the no poo method. And I'll share with you exactly how to make your own little shampoos at home with apple cider vinegar and whatnot. And so before we dive into that, a few other things that I want you guys to keep in mind. So outside of reading ingredient labels and looking for, you know, complete ingredient transparency on the bottles, you can also go to ewg.org and this is the environmental working group. So you can search for chemicals and different toxic rankings between companies and learn basically which companies provide the safest products for you and your family. It's really, really great. They do a ton of research and they load up tons of beauty care products and hair care products and all of that. And then you can also use the thinkdirtyapp.com. You can basically upload a picture of one of your beauty care products and then the app will check for toxicity and chemical ingredients like right at your fingertips. It's pretty cool. So I believe there's over like 70,000 products on there now, which is pretty, pretty awesome. So Before we dive into some sort of do-it-yourself natural shampoos that you can make at home, healthy hair really does start with a healthy scalp. So your scalp has over 200 blood vessels and 650 sweat glands. In fact, your scalp is really one of the most absorbent parts of your body. It's kind of like a sponge. So when you think of it this way, It's even more important to be conscious of what you're putting on your scalp because what you're putting on your scalp, you're absorbing all of that. So at the base of every hair follicle, right at your scalp, we have sebaceous glands. And these are basically what most of us are complaining about when we have greasy and oily hair. It's because of these glands. But chances are if you're using conventional hair products, you're stripping the natural healthy oils from these glands. And these glands, they actually help protect and nourish and fight against infection on your scalp. So the more chemicals you put on your scalp, the more harm you cause to the sebaceous glands. And then this in turn means now you're going to reach for more shampoo, more conditioner or defrizzer or hair color or whatever it is. And that's all because we're just actually damaging these glands. So like I mentioned earlier, the root cause of many scalp issues will stem from hormonal imbalances, but other areas to look at, and I mentioned this as well, is dietary zinc deficiency. So this is a really important one. If you're having issues with your scalp, consider supplementing with zinc or making sure you're getting in a lot of zinc-rich foods. Fungal infections can be an issue as well. So this might be like candida overgrowth. Even if you have digestive or gut issues going on, there can be a lot of 
bacterial or fungal gut issues that you might be experiencing, this can show up on the scalp as well. So it's important to address these issues and using more organic options for natural hair care, options that are going to have a mix of botanicals and maybe different essential oils, because this is really what's going to help support the scalp. And more than that, it's not going to damage those sebaceous glands, which we don't want to damage because that's where all of that protection really for our scalp and our nourishment comes from. So if you are suffering with a dry, itchy, and flaky scalp, I would suggest try using some rosemary essential oil or even pine essential oil. And you can literally just add a few drops to your head, like right to your scalp, and gently massage the oils into your scalp. And so both of these oils contain antibacterial properties and antifungal properties. Peppermint is also a really great option. It's great for any itchiness and it's also very cooling. So if you have like any type of inflammation going on, that's going to be great too. And then if you have more weak and damaged ends and split ends, then I suggest using something like jojoba oil, which is very rich in lipids and peptides. And this absorbs very easily into the hair. So you could just dab onto dry hair or damaged hair ends, and it will just give your hair a really nice, healthy glow. So what I do is after I blow dry my hair, I will just rub a little bit of jojoba oil in between my hands. And I might buy, sometimes I'll buy a bottle of jojoba oil and then I'll add rosemary oil to it, some peppermint, maybe some pine essential oil, and maybe a little bit of lemon. Like I'll just mix in there some essential oils. And then I just have like my own little hair oil. Also, there's a really great one from doTERRA that I've used as well. I can't remember the name of it, but they have like a healthy scalp or serum oil and um, kind of the same idea. So you can buy it or you can make your own either way works, but you can basically just, what I do is I just rub a little bit into my palms and then just kind of run it down across like my hair and then through the ends. And then argan oil is also really great for this too. And it's great for dry or damaged hair and kind of the same idea. Just, you know, rub a few drops into your palm and then gently run it through your hair and be sure to focus on the ends, especially if they are dry. And then if you're looking for more shine. Rosemary oil is also great for this. And rosemary oil, I feel like is probably one of the best oils for your hair. It has this amazing antioxidant that's shown to protect a protein that's in the skin and that's in your hair that's called HSP70. So the role of this protein is to reduce the damage that stress and free radicals and other toxins can do to cells. And rosemary oil will give you smoother, stronger hair strands, which will make your hair look reflective and shiny. So rosemary oil has an antioxidant that really is shown to protect this HSP70 protein. And we want to protect that protein because in turn, it's really going to help us not just support our hair, but our skin as well. And even lime oil or any citrus oils, they dissolve and release trap dirt. And that's really great because if you can release that sort of trap dirt, it will really renew your hair and your hair will look shiner and cleaner that way. And alternatively, you can add a few tablespoons of apple cider vinegar to a spray bottle 
with some warm water and keep this in your bathroom and just spritz it on your hair after you've shampooed. The vinegar will help restore the pH in your hair and add some shine. So that's a really good option as well. I've always got apple cider vinegar in the bathroom because I use it to wash my hair. And then another question that I get a lot of time when it comes to hair health and hair loss is combating dandruff. So one of the best options is coconut oil. The lauric acid that's found in coconut oil oil has many antibacterial antifungal properties. This is great for fighting dandruff. So you can basically just massage a few tablespoons onto your scalp, leave it on your scalp for a few hours, and then you can repeat this and then rinse off. And then you can basically repeat this like two to three times throughout the week, depending on the severity of your dandruff. Okay, so let's get into DIY natural shampoos. And I am hoping that by this time, or by this point, you are going to commit to ditching your conventional shampoos and you're either going to purchase more natural ones or you're going to make your own. So you can do a lemon or apple cider vinegar rinse. This is what I do. So these are basically two cleansers that are very commonly used for natural hair care. And they both do a really wonderful job for cleaning impurities and for also conditioning your hair. So what you would do is you would mix either the juice of one lemon or two tablespoons of apple cider vinegar. And I, quite frankly, I prefer the apple cider vinegar, but you can use either one. So two tablespoons of apple cider vinegar with one cup of warm water and then rinse through hair and then just comb it through. So you will smell apple cider vinegar, but your hair and your scalp isn't going to smell like that all day long. So that's probably one of the top questions I get is if I use this, I'm just going to reek of apple cider vinegar all day, but no, you won't trust me. So two tablespoons of apple cider vinegar, mix it with one cup of warm water, or sometimes you can do like the same amount. So the same amount of apple cider vinegar to the same amount of water. And so sometimes I do like a quarter cup apple cider, a quarter cup warm water. And then there's really no wrong way to do it. And then basically just pour this through your hair and then comb it through. So you can use this on its own or you can use it after shampooing for like extra cleansing and conditioning. But if you're going to try the no poo method like that I mentioned earlier, then I would recommend that you don't use shampoo and then just do this for a few weeks. And you might have to do it multiple times throughout the week, but then, you know, the point is to get your hair to more of its natural, healthier state where you don't have to constantly wash and shampoo and condition it all the time. So I would maybe try it for two or three weeks and just, you know, give a break from your shampoo and just strictly stick to using the rinse to really help balance out the pH level of the scalp. Cause that's essentially what we're trying to do. And that's why as your scalp and the pH level is trying to balance out, you're going to go through a bit of an ugly period before it gets really healthy. So just throw your hair up in a bun or wear a hat. You'll be fine. It's all good. <laughs> so another option is to make a baking soda shampoo. I really feel like baking soda can solve so many problems. So what you would do here is just mix a tablespoon of baking soda into one cup of warm water and kind of the same deal. You would pour it over your hair, rinse through, and then comb. And this will really help rid the scalp of different impurities. And it also is a gentle way for cleaning your hair too. And then outside of cleansing, think about dry shampoos, which is like literally 
a game changer and a lifesaver. So I love my dry shampoo. We actually do have a holistic wellness, our own product, dry shampoo. We have one for blondes and brunettes. We don't currently have it up on our site yet. We might be bringing it back closer to Christmas time, but it is amazing and it will last you forever. Mine has lasted me over a year. And this is just a great way to give your hair a break from traditional shampoo and conditioner. And it absorbs the excess oil. Now I could probably only use use my dry shampoo for two days. I'd say once I start to get to that point where, okay, let's say it's been four days. I haven't washed my hair. I might use the dry shampoo on that fifth and sixth day if I like I'm really pushing it. But outside of that, like I don't think I could go three or four days with dry shampoo. I haven't done it yet, but it does kind of help extend my washes, my hair washes, which is great. And so something else to really consider giving a try, especially if you're traveling and stuff. That's what I did. When I was in Italy, I washed my hair twice. That's it. I washed my hair twice. And then I used a little bit of dry shampoo and it was totally fine. So it's wonderful for absorbing excess oil. And you can make technically your own dry shampoo at home. You can use a little bit of arrowroot starch and just sprinkle a little bit of this onto your hair and just massage it into your scalp and then kind of pat out the excess. So I have, my hair is dark, my hair is brunette and I still use the arrowroot. So it's fine. Like you don't have to use a darker color unless if you really want to just mix it with some cacao powder and it's fine, but just sprinkle this into your hair and then kind of massage it into the scalp and then brush it out. And that's pretty much it. So you can mix it with cacao powder or some cinnamon if you really want to. And if you're looking for more of the brunette kind of dry shampoo. And then from a conditioning standpoint, you could do something like an avocado mask. So basically mash up one avocado, mix it with a tablespoon of coconut oil, smooth this into your hair. You could leave it on for... 30 minutes, you can leave it even up to four hours and then just rinse, comb through, and then you've got really nice, healthy hair, which is really great from using the avocado because it's so rich in, same with the coconut oil, they're both rich in so many great fats, monounsaturated fats, saturated fats, as well as a lot of vitamin E, which is a really important antioxidant. And so that's a really great way to condition your hair. And then you could also do an oil treatment. So what this would mean is you would basically drench your hair in a quarter cup of either jojoba oil or extra virgin olive oil, or maybe like some sweet almond oil. You can also use coconut oil and you would leave this on your hair for a few hours and then wrap your hair in a towel and then leave this on overnight. So then once you rinse it out, it might become a little bit tricky. I've done this many, many times. So I've just, I've used some jojoba oil, literally drenched my hair in the oil, wrapped my hair up in a warm towel. And then once I go to rinse it out, I use the baking soda shampoo. And I have to do that multiple times to kind of like get the oil out. I find like it takes almost, for me, it takes almost like two days before all of the oil comes out. So I just kind of wear my hair up in a bun, but then your hair is so soft and shiny and it's just one of the best oil treatments that you can do. And using more natural oils, it's not going to strip your hair. It's really going to balance out the pH of your scalp, which is what we want. And then it's going to lead to 
more healthier and manageable hair and hair that doesn't really need like all of this styling product. So I really hope that you're going to give it a try and try some of these DIY methods at home. And really you can get your hair to be healthy and strong and shiny, but it just does take a little bit of work. And outside of what we do externally, it again is really important to look at our diet and our hormonal health, our thyroid, and to really dive into all these areas to see where some of the root causes might be. So if you're listening to this and you've had a lot of hair loss or you even have patches on your scalp where you know a lot of hair has come out, then it's really time to start considering doing some deeper hormone testing so that you can really see what's going on there and working with someone who can really help assess if there might be potentially some other issues going on, perhaps with digestion and gut health, any type of like bacterial or fungal issue. So really lots of areas to look at. It's 100% possible to get your hair back. And it's just a process. Your hair does go through this natural stage of when it grows and when hair will fall out. And so it does take time. I know sometimes we will go and like supplement with these healthy hair supplements. And then four weeks later or eight weeks later, we're like, oh, nothing's really working. But oftentimes it literally takes a good six to eight months before you can start seeing these results. So it's something you really do have to commit to. And then more than that, really being conscious of the quality and the type of products that you are using and making a conscious effort to switch over to more natural, organic, and botanical type of brands. So that is my tips for natural hair care, reversing hair loss. I really hope that this episode really provided you with some insight and some tips and some strategies to support your hair. We cover lots of this in my Clean Beauty You program and you guys can head on over to holisticwellness.ca to learn more about that. It is under the online programs tab. So you can just head on over there and you can check it out. And yeah, if you guys have questions about hair care and if there's other things that maybe I didn't cover on this episode, then hit me up over on Instagram at holisticwellnessfoodie and ask me your questions there. I feel like there's so many different areas to talk about when it comes to hair care. I mean, I feel like dandruff can just be one episode on its own because there's so many areas to look at with that. So I really do hope that you guys are going to implement these strategies. And if you go and make any of these DIY hair care products, then let me know and share them with me over on Instagram. Be sure to tag me so I can see what you guys are up to and what kind of blends you are making at home. And then of course, you can come join Marnie and I in our four-week online program, Healing and Dealing with Hashimoto's. I'm super excited to be bringing this back and to coach another group of women through really healing and supporting their thyroid health and their autoimmune. So you don't have to have an autoimmune condition to join the program. If you have issues with your thyroid, hyper or hypothyroid, you are going to get a lot of benefit from this program from our meal plans, our supplement recommendations, and all of the lifestyle strategies that we teach over the four weeks. So you don't have to have an autoimmune condition, but of course we do talk about Hashimoto's in the program, being that it is a Hashimoto's program. If you have another autoimmune condition and you don't have Hashimoto's, 
same thing. You will definitely benefit from all the lifestyle strategies as well as the nutrition and meal plans that we offer in the program. So head on over to healinghashies.com and you can sign up for our wait list. We open registration in just one week. And next Tuesday, we will be hosting a free webinar sharing with you strategies and tips for healing your thyroid and your autoimmune Hashimoto's. So that is a free webinar. It's happening next Tuesday and you just got to sign up on the list in order to get access to the free webinar and to be able to sign up for that. So thank you everybody for tuning in tag me over on Instagram. I'm looking forward to hearing from you and seeing what amazing all natural beauty care products you are making. And thanks so much for being with me today. I will chat with you guys next week.